Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. We're going to start off. We're going to keep it authentic. We're going to keep it raw. Heather, for for the you're gonna get a lot of. I don't know if you got already. Do you get a lot of baseball people follow you or hit a little friend? Since you posted about me, yes, bit, yeah? I, I did. Yeah. yeah. If you see a lot of little kids, you're not, <laughs> now you know why you get a lot of parents. Heather, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what do you do? Coach, thanks for having me. I'm Heather Monahan, formerly uh, Chief Revenue Officer in media for 20 plus years in corporate America. I'm originally from Worcester, Mass. I live in Miami now, and I was fired July 27th, 2017. I will never forget that day uh, when the CEO I had reported to for 14 years became ill and elevated his daughter. And that woman had hated me since day one. And so the minute she had the opportunity, she told me my position was no longer needed in the company and my and I was terminated. So that uh basically was a catalyst for me to start my own company, Boss and Heels, LLC. Uh, I wrote my first book, Confidence Creator, which dropped number one on Amazon Business Biography, Business Motivation. And during this time, I became a professional speaker with the Harry Walker Agency. And now I'm working on launching an app, an online course. I'm working on my second book and a product line all around confidence creation and helping others to create confidence. Let's go right into the firing stuff because I'm a big proponent with adversity. Always comes two things. Mm-hmm. A, adversity is a winning player's best friend. And when I say player, I don't just mean athlete. I mean any kind of player in life. Number one, in adversity comes the lesson. What lesson did you learn? The minute you got fired, especially that you got fired incorrectly, because you weren't supposed to get fired. I didn't do something yeah, wrong. Yeah, you didn't right. do something wrong. You were right. qualified. It was right. Just, I was doing it, a good job. It was a family positional move. Sure. What lesson did you learn from that? I learned so many. So right now that's hard for me to to give you one. Uh, I guess the number one thing when I look back at that time was years prior, I knew I should have gone out on my own. Years prior. But I always had fear holding me back. And that moment, someone made that decision for me, basically. So what I learned from that is I should have listened to myself 10 years before and gone to work for myself because then I would be 10 years ahead of right now, right? Right. And we know some things only just time are going to allow for. So I would be so much more successful today had I made that move 10 years earlier. So that's the one thing that I learned, I guess, is listen to yourself. You have that right answer and never let fear be the thing that holds you back. Is that the first time you heard that voice or that you ignored it or you heard it your whole life? Huh? Well, there's different times for me. I've squashed that voice, right? That inner voice. Uh, I remember when I was getting married to 
um, my son's father. And that inner voice was saying to me, don't do it. Do not do this. This is You're making a wrong decision. And that morning I said, guys, I can't go through with this. And I remember his mother coming to me and she got on her hands and knees and said, please, Heather. And I felt so badly that I was hurting so many people. I went through with it. Well, of course, inevitably, we ended up getting divorced, and I should have listened to that inner voice, but that was back at a time my confidence was not very high, and I would put other people's feelings and needs ahead of mine. One of, one of my qualities that I like a lot is I, I always look at people's assets right away, and, and I, one of the things I like about you a lot, and I've, and I've reviewed a lot of your videos and seen you do your thing, is your voice. Like you have a great voice. And it goes. That's funny to me. And it goes. It's like a voice that can transcend. Like not only for obviously for audiobooks and for, but you can do like radio and you can you have a real good voice. Have you worked on that or is that like your natural voice? This is what. No, I have not worked on this. And this is so crazy. And it's important for everyone listening to understand this. I have hated my voice my entire life. And when I, I spoke during corporate America, I was a leader for a large sales team. So I would speak at different events around the country. I had to force myself to watch the tape back and I would cringe hearing my voice. It wasn't until this past year, I spoke at an event and after the event, someone came up to me and said something similar to what you're saying right now. And it stopped me cold in my tracks to say, I am my own worst critic. I've got to lighten up on myself. Something that to me I think is an issue or a holdback to other people is why they connect to me or what they really like and value about me. And I need to start appreciating what I have instead of criticizing it. Of course. And and also, our voice is funny because what we hear like right now and when you hear it played back, it sounds different. 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 So you can't can't hate on that process because what – what I hear, and especially having an accent, your English comes across so clean and so like to the point that it's 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 a tool for a great speaker. So I wanted to tell you that. Thank you. As but a, you know, also putting your accent to work for you because that's what's unique that's and different about you. You know, really stepping into whatever that is that you have perfect English or that you've got a really strong accent, owning it is what will make you shine. So let's talk confidence. For you, what's the definition of confidence? Confidence for me is really that feeling that when I know that I'm good in my skin, it doesn't really matter what anybody else around me thinks because I know when I'm lacking confidence, I'm so concerned with externally what's happening. Did I get that speaking engagement? Did my book sell enough? Did so-and-so like it? Instead of focusing on everyone outside, it's about focusing inside and making sure you're good with you. How did you develop a confident mentality? It's been, uh, I'm 44 years old and it's been a process along my life. I didn't know I was doing it at the time. And it really took me getting fired to see when I got fired, of course, I spent, you know, 24 hours crying my eyes out because I thought I lost everything. But once I regained clarity a day or two later, I, I did a couple things and I realized 
these are the same things I've done throughout my career. I stood up for myself and claimed a space. Everyone, here's what I need right now. I can't help everyone. I need to help me. So I, I told people what I needed and I stood up for me. I put together a plan, a 30-day plan on how I was going to attack those next 30 days. I gave myself deadlines. I started doing all these things that I used to do in business, but now applying for it yourself, to me. For yourself, for yourself. And that was kind of the moment I realized, wait a minute, I know what I'm doing here. And it's not just building a business plan. It's building a confidence creation plan because my confidence had just really dipped when I got fired. How did you come up with a name? Confidence Creator. Like anything, it came to me. And what's funny is when you listen to that inner voice, you will hear those right messages, powerful messages. And the more you act on that inner voice and actually follow through with it, the louder that inner voice and intuition gets and the more powerful you become. But during that time when I was writing the book, it came to me, Confidence Creator. So I Googled, can I name my book Confidence Creator? No book came up Confidence Creator. So I decided, awesome. okay, I can. I have no idea. I had never written a book. And I shared it with someone very close to me. I said, I think I'm going to name my book Confidence Creator. And this man said, are you really that full of yourself that you think you are a confident, you created confidence? And I said, it's interesting you see it that way. What I mean by it is everyone is their own confidence creator, and whoever grabs that book will be their own confidence creator. And he said, I don't think you should move forward with that title. And I said, I appreciate that. However, That's I'm moving exactly forward. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate Your opinion it. is exactly <laughs> why I'm going to move forward. That's how you got to be. And it's, it's crazy because we it, it's almost hard for people to understand us because we are not only captains of our own ship, but we're navigating in waters that are that are uncharted because that's if you follow the track of let's say an Oprah or somebody else or whoever you think you're in that little realm, you'll get stuck there. But if you do, you know what? I'm gonna be the first confidence creator that works with I don't know with slime girls, and I'm gonna start reaching out to every slime girl and say, hey, listen, let's because I'm gonna start now transitioning to esport people because that's not only is that the new thing. Nobody has love for these poor kids playing video games that are losing in front of everybody in a sport that everybody's playing. Because it's not like baseball where, okay, you get cut, you didn't make the team. Everybody plays video games. Every age group, everything. So I like that you didn't listen to, to his advice. Well, the more you listen to your own advice, the more you track that throughout your life, you see those decisions that you move forward with in spite of other people's feedback, but going with your feedback – I've seen those are the times things work. The times I regret in my life are where I pulled back from my voice and I went with somebody else's. And I've got enough experience now to know that next right move for me is the answer that I have inside. That is awesome. How did we, because we got to go right to the book. How did the book process, how was that for you? How, what did you learn when you do the next book, are you going to do anything differently? What 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 obstacles and what, what learning tools did you learn? Like anything, I Googled it. How do you write a book? I didn't know. And so many people want to overcomplicate things. And when you do that, you paralyze yourself. You can't move forward. One of my strong attributes is I don't typically freeze up. I move very quickly. So I Googled, how do you write a book? And basically, the crux of it is you just start writing. So I just started writing. I didn't have to have a strategy and, you know, defer to this class or that. I just started writing. And at first it was just writing about how I hated that lady that fired me. Right. Because that's what was coming out. So I wrote about that. 
But then after a couple days, it started being different stories, not just about her. And then I realized it was these stories are about me. Forget about that lady. It's about how I respond to the challenges in my life and what I've learned from them and how I can teach other people some of the hacks to get ahead in life. And then after a week or two, I started saying, you know, this is about confidence. This isn't just about getting ahead in business. And, you know, each taking that next step is what allows you to figure out where you're going. So I didn't know the book was Confidence Creator. I didn't know what I was writing about on day one. I just knew I was going to write a book. And the reason why that happened was I went on the Elvis Duran show Mm -hmm. um, right after I got fired. And in the middle of our interview, he says to me, well, obviously you're writing a book, Heather. And I said, obviously, but I really wasn't. So he held me accountable to him and his listeners in that moment. And anytime somebody allows someone else to hold them accountable, it just kicks up that commitment another notch and makes you move that much no, faster. Like, like, a, like a trainer. Like exactly. a gym trainer. That's why people exactly. hire a trainer because they know somebody's there waiting for That's them. That's right. And you can't cancel on them. How, how do you teach now? Because I'm sure when you're dealing with confidence, people now expect you to give them some like magic formula or something sure. that's going to... What do you what do you tell people now when people reach out to you, Heather? I need confidence or Heather, this happened. What do you say? I get so many crazy DMs on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. And oftentimes it's the same kind of questions. How do you put yourself first? Those questions come from women. But then I get men with questions. A lot of men ask me about speaking. How do you become a better speaker? How what does the plan and, and roadmap look like? So those are some different questions. But then I just get random questions about business. How do I have the confidence to start my own business? You know, so it's typically around that theme of confidence and believing in yourself and taking that next step. But I really try to tailor messages to specific people and what they're looking for. The same thing I do with my speeches. When I spoke last week at a high school, my old high school, I had a very different dialogue than when I spoke at an ad agency last week to professionals, right? Even though the topic is still around confidence building, it's a different situation when you're dealing with a 16-year-old versus a 60-year-old. We're all struggling with the same problems, and everyone has confidence that dips at one time and, and goes higher in another but the way that you want to relate to people. So I really try to relate to whatever their specific challenge is and then tailor that message to them so that they can understand it a little bit better. Your speaking process, because you said somebody asked you, how do you confidence to speak? Take me through that. How do you before, let's say before you speak to an agency or that group, what do you do? Like, well, how do you process? Yeah, I have a, a total routine, which routine? I think anybody does before you're going to do something big, right? So it can be scary. I've been on so many stages, but it's important for everyone to know. I didn't start off on a stage. I started off as a 21-year-old girl sitting in sales meetings, getting annoyed that I had better ideas than the other people at the table, but I didn't have the confidence to raise my hand and contribute. So that was my first quote-unquote stage, was the day I decided to raise my hand and say, I've got an idea. And then that night I wrote it down. Holy cow, no one threw tomatoes at me. I lived through it, you know? So that was a stepping stone to that next meeting when I contributed two ideas. And then that was a stepping stone to when I got promoted and I started running those sales meetings. First in front of six people, and I did that for a year. And then I got promoted to the next level, and I was a general manager, and I had 100 employees. And I had to get up, and, and but it was a process. 
And I don't ever want people to forget that. I didn't just show up on a stage with a thousand people and I was confident. Mm -hmm. It started that first day at 21, raising my hand in front of six people and getting comfortable with that and knowing I could go to that next level. And all of these experiences teach me that I was able to do this last one. I can do this next one. Now, I have that experience, which really builds confidence for me because it's also practice. The other thing is the, the older I've gotten, the more I've stepped into myself. I used to kind of put that mask on and dress the way people in corporate America wanted me to dress, speak about the topics they told me to speak about. I would be much more nervous back then because it wasn't authentic. I can't screw up now because if I fumble a word, the next thing I'll say is, a oh, pivot moment, everyone. Has anyone else in this room ever made a mistake? Yeah, because I'm just going to keep being me, right? right. And it's going to show through. People can relate to that and, and enjoy that. So I really, the more I step into who I truly am, the more confident and powerful I become. But my real, you know, fast uh, key that, and I did it even coming over here right now to meet with you. Anytime I'm going on air for any show or taking any stage, I have a song that I play. And because I do it so consistently, it is now imprinted in my brain that when I hear that song, I can see myself at the last event that I killed it. Let's say the She Summit when I was the keynote speaker. And I had them fire up my theme song when I took the stage. The crowd went flipping wild. Nobody else had done that. And I asked for what I want. The worst they're going to say to me is no, right? It is so funny you said that because I thought, and I'm going to get back to it, yeah. I thought of doing like, I've already envisioned myself, like, not only song, DJ, smoke coming out. <laughs> Absolutely. Why but wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Because it's, it's a performance they're about to give, and I'm all about setting the tone of what's about to happen. I want fire in the thing. I want people to understand that when Heather speaks, your life is about to change. And as long as they understand that from the beginning, that every time, whether you're speaking in a corner or you're speaking at Madison Square Garden, it doesn't matter. And I think what I love about this era now is that it's respecting that. Whereas before, you kind of had to be the cookie-cutter person. Like, hi, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do this, and you're going to walk this way, and we're all going to look. But now it's like, listen, I just tripped almost walking in here, and it's I love that. But you know what? You have intention when you set that music and that smoke and, you know, your yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. you had a vision and that's a clear intention. You know what you're going for and you see how people respond to it before it happens. That's manifesting. Yeah. And you're creating what hasn't happened yet, but your mind is already envisioning it. There is so much data to back this up. I've, I've read so much about it. Olympic athletes, they have them envision the race in their mind, and they've studied this, that the, the neurons that are firing in your mind are the same ones that will fire when you're physically going through it. And when they envision themselves crossing that, you know, winning that race mm -hmm. and crossing that line, they actually go do it next. So I do the same thing to myself. I fire up that song, my theme song. I envision myself killing it like I did at the She Summit or whichever one I want to memory I want to pull on for that moment that's relevant to it. And then I walk in there feeling it, seeing it, and I'm owning it. And now I'm going to claim a power stance. That's the next thing I do. The way that you stand, also, I put a lot of effort into how I look, how I dress, because the better I feel on the outside, it helps me projects. to stand course, taller. And I know I'm going to kill it. Of Look course, at me like this. Course. I didn't roll into my sweats. You know, I try. I put in the effort because I'm worth it. And when I show up looking like I'm worth it, people are going to give me that yeah. respect. And I'm going to feel it in the room. And the energy just starts taking off. 
and you go from there. No, and you're official. You're official. Heather, what's the theme song? So I have a couple. Uh, I'm a huge Drake fan. I am like thug life till. It's so funny because I'm a mom and I'm 44 and people would not expect this, but I am thug life all day. So Drake, Nice for What has been, I don't know why, but I just worship the song. And now when I hear it, I literally, all I can do is see myself taking a stage. But recently, some stuff was going on with my son at school and he was getting bullied. And I started digging into, okay, I want to come up with some theme songs I want him to take on, which got me a new theme song, which is I Love Myself, Kendrick Lamar. Okay. And that's a really powerful message for anyone to own at any age, because looking in the mirror and saying that to yourself, I love myself, can be scary as all get out at first if you don't really feel it. But like anything, with frequency, you're going to start to believe it. And then you're going to start to feel better. And then you're going to start to act differently. And then you're going to start to own it. And then you're going to want that theme song playing for yeah, I you. Love Drake. B, I love Drake. Uh, B, I love when people say their truth. And the biggest reason I failed as an actor miserably in Los Angeles is because I had zero vulnerability. Like, literally, I could not, like, connect emotionally with nothing because I had that shutdown because my dad had trained me to be an absolute warrior. And then as I'm getting abused through what was happening, I didn't, I, I never did anything. I just took it and I knew one day that I envisioned the life that I'm living now. Just like when I slept in my car in Los Angeles for six months in the Hollywood Hills wow. and froze myself. You ever been to LA? Yeah, of course. I would shower and shave at the Equinox in West Hollywood. You know the Equinox in West Hollywood yes. right there? Shower and shave there, and I would sleep on top of the Hollywood Hills. And did that for six months. I didn't know a single person. But I envisioned this life. I go, this is going to be part of my journey wow. that I'm going to be able to tell people, and I'm going to be able to help people to say, listen, if you thought you had it bad, here's an example. This is what I did. Because I've always been searching. I don't know if you feel the same way. I've always been searching for one thing to let people know, okay, this guy's official. Because I feel good and I know how to help you and I think I know how to help everybody and get to whatever level they need to get to. But like an example, to Oregon State, the national champs, brought me out to talk. It's like there's just another guy talking with a good message. And the funny thing is that was my that is my dad his whole life. My dad worked as a blue-collar Pepsi worker his whole life. Went to work every single day. Great-hearted guy, but was frustrated, I feel, that had all this stuff, but because he was a blue-collar guy, had was always dying to give advice. Nobody's like, listen, dude, we're not going to take advice from a, a poor blue-collar guy. Just keep your opinions to yourself and let me do my thing. So I've always wanted to be so official that I can now, mm. it gives me like a badge to say, you know what, let's listen to this guy. Because if, if Heather is here on the show, this has to be something of good. But the thing is, you can give yourself that badge of officialness mm. at any point in time in your life when you actually believe it. You don't need someone else to tell you that. You don't need me to be on your show to know that. That's about you and, mm -hmm. and that work inside you, which you've gone through and, and created for yourself. Right. Bullying. That's, that's an interesting topic because if, if you're the son of the confidence creator, Boston Heels, how do you, how do you approach that? I did, a I did a post yesterday that crushed it. It's my... Probably one of my highest viewed posts. It was a Little League game. I spoke at a Little League uh, Academy team last week. It was a game where the parents of the other team, 
Man, these are all Latin men mm-hmm. playing here in Miami. Parents of the other team started talking trash to the other team. Awful. And talking to his player to, like, brutalize the other player. Oh, my gosh. Okay? How old are these kids? These kids are 10, 11 years old. So oh. what happens is, now here's the, here's the kicker. So as the other team and the other coach of the other parents see this, they're like, oh, is that what you're going to do? Okay. The four of them cross over the fence oh my gosh. to beat the guy up now. This is in front of everybody. This is insane. So this guy grabs a bat, starts swinging at everybody to protect, to protect himself. These poor kids. The kids are all watching. He's like, Dad, no, because it's, but this is what we grew up in. So after all that, I did a post. And the post read, if I'm that coach, if I'm sitting in a coach and I'm coaching against Heather, and Heather starts talking bad about my team and I see that it's unethical, I'm not going to go beat up Heather. No, I'm going to talk to the young person. If you don't stop this, I'm going to forfeit my team, and I'm going to get my team out of here. You don't stop Right, this is insane. And I'm gonna, right? This is insane, and I'm going to get out of here. But the problem is people's values are twisted because all they care about is a plastic $5 trophy and a $5 ring that they get to say, oh, we're the champions, when at 11-year-olds is the most ridiculous thing well, in the world. I, I'll challenge your thinking on that. I believe that those people, that triggered a nerve for them inside and an emotion. These parents, something that has was deep inside them. Maybe they were bullied when they were younger. Maybe the only way they know how to, ha- how to handle things is with violence. Who knows what it is? But something triggered them because acting out like that at a kid's baseball game is Well, because game it's, it's, like when, it's like when somebody talks bad about your kid. Because I say it's painful. It's, it's painful. Very painful. And as a machismo guy, which is a lot of baseball dads, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're gonna do that? I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go kick your ass. Because it's it's what it is, you know. So, I I question because the a, a saying coach because it's a responsibility you have when you're a coach, and and a lot of people coach to spend time with their kids, mm-hmm. and and I understand that. But you gotta understand that in that arena when that happens. You got to protect your kids and educate Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Listen, First this is not right. right. Which for us growing up is the opposite. Right. Oh, you're going to be there. Somebody's fighting you. You're not, you got to fight back. And if not, I'm going to fight you for not fighting back. So what do you tell your son when, oh, you're being bullied? How do you, how do you deal with that in your opinion? Okay, so this is interesting. First of all, I believe if anyone lays a hand on you, that you are empowered to defend yourself physically. And I know not everyone agrees with that, right? And my son goes to a religious school, and they don't agree with that. Hold on. Is a bullying physical or verbal? Well, he's had two different scenarios. One was with a child that physically touched him, and another situation was a verbal one. Okay. And. He knows, and I address with him, if someone puts hands on you, you are allowed to physically protect yourself. Again, the school does not like that, but I, this is the rules, the rules in my home. Life. And my rule, rule, right? But that's the rule of life. <laughs> right. I, even the, even if, if you're on the street and somebody attacks you, if you're in your home and somebody invades your home and you do something, the law protects you because you're pr- protecting yourself. So you got to do that. So, okay. Okay, so that was the direction I gave him about that, mm-hmm. which he did stand up for himself because just the act of standing up for yourself is building confidence and will also deflect the bullies, right? So that was one situation. And that one was actually easier to handle. The more difficult one for him was when a friend of his, now a frenemy, it was someone he used to trust that he had a close relationship with, started taunting him verbally now. Because as the kids are getting older, he's 11 now, you know, girls are coming to play. So now there's some different things happening at school. They're they're changing at this age. And someone he trusted. Competition. There's competition. There's competition, right, in different ways now. And so it was someone he trusted and was a good friend. And now this person was saying really attacking negative things to him. And he was confused. He came home and said, 
I don't know what's going on. But I started seeing him walk differently, hold himself really? different. You could physically see it was beating him up inside his mind. So the first thing I did with him was I started focusing on three things we can be grateful for when he comes home. Now, people might think, why would you do that? When you can shift your mindset from one of, oh, we're going to get something good. Give it to us. How they go? I'm, da- I'm down. <laughs> Life is terrible. I'm going to get bullied today. Yes, you will. Now, if you can shift to, I'm like the luckiest person in the world. I'm so smart. I'm healthy. I've got this amazing family. And you start walking around like that. Bullies aren't coming for those people. They want to go for the ones that are looking like, oh, I can take that kid down. Right. They're not coming right. at someone who's confident. So one of the best things that I could do for him outside of talking to him about the situation and different ways we could handle it was teaching him gratitude and the practice of gratitude that shifted his mindset. Within one week, my son started dressing better. He was brushing his hair again in the morning. And I was noticing he had effectively changed his mindset, which when he was going to school, all of a sudden he stopped getting bullied. And he said, it's kind of weird. He's been leaving me alone. I said, do you think it has anything to do with you, with how you hold yourself, with how you're walking in there? And he said, Oh, maybe. I don't know. He wasn't able to connect those dots as clearly as it was easy for me to see. We talked about, you know, let's steer clear of him right now. It doesn't sound like he's in a good space mentally. Something's going on with him. We don't know what it is. It's none of our business, but he's not our friend anymore. So we don't like to hang around or please people that aren't on our team. And he got that. And he said, yeah, I don't want to be around him anymore. So that was good. He was getting clear on, you know, detaching from people that aren't on your team. And unfortunately, some people might be on your team. And then they switch teams. So you have to learn to detach and and protect yourself. So he got space from him. He started feeling better about himself. He started spending more time with kids that were lifting him up and elevating him. And that really started changing everything. The people you surround yourself with, if you're going to hang with the bully, you're going to keep feeling bad about yourself. You need to say, I don't like when you speak to me that way. I'm not going to spend time with you anymore. And then take that next step. And start hanging with some different people. And he made those steps on his own. And the bully went away. He went to pick on somebody else. That's such great advice, Heather, because we don't, I don't think we teach enough kids, especially people, that you only compete against yourself. That it all starts with you. It's when you get an argument with somebody, whether it's a spouse, a family member, it's how you react towards it that you can control. Absolutely. If, if you stood me up today and you don't show up, it's how I react to it. I can't control you. Right. Right. And I, I love that you told that to, to your son because now you've given him some power to when a girl leaves. Because that's coming. The girls have left every dude growing up. That it's already hard. happened it's to a- us a few months ago. <laughs> that was the hardest thing. One of the hardest things I've had to deal with as a parent, because I didn't know it was coming. I, 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 I didn't know it was going to happen this young. And when he came home and it was so clear he had a broken heart, right. that was hard. But So those are those scary parenting moments when you say, okay, what do I say? What do I say? And I heard my inner voice say, tell him the story when you got cheated on. And I said, listen, I know that you're in pain because I've been there. Can I share a story with you from high school? What happened to mommy? And I told him about how I loved this guy. I thought I was going to marry him. And I ended up catching him cheating on me. And it ripped my heart to shreds. And he said, oh, did you love him for the rest of your life? And I said, no. You know what? I ran into him two years ago at a wedding. And he came up to me and said, the biggest mistake I ever made was cheating on you, Heather. And he said, mom, do you think this girl's going to come up to me? I said, you You never never know. know. You You just need to keep moving forward because... 
you, you know, take know. that next step, focus on you, be the best you, and you never know what's going to happen in life. And and I felt that that story gave him a little hope that, number one, he's not alone, right? He's not the only person getting their heart broken. It happens to everyone. It's normal. We will rebound. I rebounded. He will, too. And number two, you never know what that future holds. That girl could come running after you for the rest of your life. Heather, when you speak, do you have a... Uh, a plan written down in, in paper? Do you have it in your head? Do you have a starting point or do you just go? I just go. And I thought that was one of the most charming things about me until I started working with a company, this company, Brand Builders, and they do this for a living. And they told me, you think you're good, you're good, but you could be better. They really wanted more of a scripted, memorized speech. And I understand why, because they're saying, now when you have, you've spoken a lot of places and you go back and you review the footage, you can see the stories or the moments that really trigger people. Her point was, let's take the best of the best and craft that speech instead of you continually. I thought it was better. To, I don't want to give the same speech every day. I thought that was lame. Right. But what, you know, her point was, which I did take to heart, is that let's try to focus on the, those best of the best moments and incorporating that. I'm still, you know, I, I'm of the belief. I like to be a little bit more dynamic in that when I walked into my high school, my old high school last week, I like to look around the faces and then I started noticing people putting their heads down. So that brings that's me to, yes, okay, guys, yes. I want, you know what I want to talk about right now? I want to talk about how many of you can't look me in the eyes. Because, and I've never done that at a speech before because I didn't see oh, that. Oh, see, I love you that. You know I, that I, because you deal I with kids a lot. Because, see, and, and that's one of the reasons why I hate these, when I say these brand people and all that stuff, because I'm the same way. I freestyle every single speech and I'm always, I get there early to see if they give me fire right. that pertains to that situation. Yes. Yeah. And you and it's like the magic of going in a studio. That's why when Drake performs live, he doesn't perform the same way as in a studio mm -hmm. because there's energy, there's fire going up, there's movement. Oh, and P.S. about Drake, I just recently saw his concert and I'm a big fan. I've been watching him for years. To see the progress that guy has made, it's so interesting. People will say, you know, I want to be a singer, I want to be like Drake. But just to see how far he's come just in the past three years from he's his smart. performance, so it's amazing. He, he hacks every single culture movement in, in, in available, whether it's playing Twitch with Ninja. Do you know that or not? No. You know what Twitch is? Mm -mm. All right, we're going to educate Heather here. So <laughs> Twitch is this new thing. Your son knows what Twitch is. Oh, gosh. That it's a public gaming thing where you can watch Ninja, who is probably the most popular Twitch video gamer. Okay. It's like saying watching LeBron James mm -hmm. uh, practice LeBron James, instead of watching him in a game, you can watch his practice and his workout in the gym. Everybody gets to watch it at home. Wow. While he plays. So Twitch is you can watch this guy play all over the world, different people. Okay. Fortnite, et cetera, et cetera. So Drake went on with him. So that became a huge moment. Just like Drake was there when uh, Conor McGregor fought the last time. Right. And he goes to the sporting events. Because it's, it's that constant evolution of wherever his attention's at, I'm going to be there. Right. Now, he's incredibly talented, as we all are, in different things. Right. Coming from a rarity of, of a different background of parents that, that, that he has. But I'm so with you. I freestyle everything that I do. I can't stand the thought of having to stick to a script. 
I could maybe see notes and go, oh, let me go. Because it does happen to me where after I'm done, I don't know if it's happened to you that I'm like, I should have said I this. <laughs> I didn't do that one. And I, 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 I'm bummed out. Yes, no, that does happen to I me I should too. have hit him with this right. and I didn't do that. They, that would have been really good and I missed that. Yes. And I, and I get scared of, I get scared of becoming somebody else because it's, it's a speaker and then it's like, oh, it's just another speaker that does this and that because if that's what they're doing, they're doing that to their whole roster. That's what everybody else is doing. That's what everyone's doing. They're like, oh, okay, so give me your points and let's go right to your points. Right. But sometimes, and it happens to us, you get a little dead period that you're talking and you're like, oh, I'm losing everybody. And then you got to come with something and then you pick them up because you never really know what's going to connect and what doesn't connect. Right. What do you like better? Speaking to kids? Speaking to companies? Speaking one-on-one? -on -one? What do you prefer? I definitely like speaking to a large audience because I can reach more people. Mm -hmm. It's not as efficient for me to meet with people one-on-one because -on -one you're only helping one person. Do you ever do that one-on-one? -on -one? Well, I have 20 years experience mentoring and developing my employees in corporate America. That's all I did. I met all the time with my individual people and trying to help them advance. What about now? I, I mean, I'll do phone calls occasionally you for people. It's not the best use of my time because what I've learned is once you've been on some big stages, once you've been able to reach a lot of people and you get that massive feedback, you're able to touch hundreds or a thousand people in one hour versus one person. Then you start saying, that's not fair that I would, you know, not go put myself out there because it's you being willing to put yourself out there, take that chance and really reach a large audience. So that's important to me. And I focus now on creating business models where I can reach a lot of people instead of just the one-on-one -on -one because I did do that for so long. And You I, don't ever do like a meetup or anything like that? You haven't done that? I've never done that. Mm -mm. For a girl's a little different because it's intimidating, but I think, I think if you have the right security just in case, I would, I would do that. And I'll explain to you why. Because... As a former actor, one of the things I hated, I hated, I hated about Hollywood was I was in Los Angeles for six years, and I, I don't think I did 10 acting jobs because you have to wait. You have to wait. Ugh. You have to wait. And in, a, in, in our business, if let's say you're a speaker, you're waiting for them. Yes. But when you start doing your own stuff in between, it helps you with that dead time. Think about that now. It helps you with that dead time. Of like, okay, let's say an example. You're speaking now in January uh, at the Super Bowl. What are you doing from here to the Super Bowl? Let's say nobody calls you. You're still practicing the craft. You're still putting it out there. As long as you record it and you put it up in different spaces, you put it up on your Instagram, now you have content. Right. And you have somebody's going to... Did you think we were going to talk about bullying in this thing? Of course not. But it got there because we're organic and we're here. So think about that. Right. Because I think that is what's going to be the difference between, you have, I think, 40,000 followers now? Yes. 80, 120, 200,000. Right. Because corporate America isn't this. Absolutely not. This is this. <laughs> right. And the more leverage you have on both, you're going to win. Because you got a good message. You could even do a women's only meetup. Think about that. I'm going to do a women's only meeting. Come with your kids if you can, and let's talk. And you videotape it. What's up, guys? This is Heather. I've never done this before. Some crazy Cuban told me to do this one time. <laughs> I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try this out, and let's see. And do it once a month. 
Listen, my first speech, here, here's a thing. My first speech in Dallas, nine people showed up. I, I and it was all based baseball. Nobody knew who I was. I was gonna speak in I was gonna speak and do a camp in Houston. I went to Dallas. I put it on a, through a, a contact there. He put it on a Facebook. I put it on my Instagram. Nine people showed up. And I've always told people, whether nine or 90 million show up, I'm going to come hard. I'm going to do my thing. And coincidentally, a couple of that group drove in from Waco, Texas, like two-hour drive wow. just to see me. The more Heather that's out there, the more impact the more people, and you never know who's going to come see you. It's so you. true. Showing up is everything. Right? Right. And, so and, right. and what sports, see, the reason why sports people win and then they lose in life is because sports gives you a schedule, just like your job did. Mm -hmm. So it's easy. You're like, okay, I got to go nine, right. I got to ten. Right, it's very clear what you And if do. I go a little harder, then okay. But now I think you're at a point where the you is so good that, okay, you're handling my brand, awesome. You work but what am I doing in the meantime? And I think that that's the actor's mentality of people that lose. That's why Drake wins. That's why these rappers win. Because they're, so they're so enthralled in their passion that out of anything, you know what, Heather? We're going to crank up the music. Give me what you got today. And I'm going to say something. And if it sucks, who cares? But it might be a hit. So true. The more people, you can dress how you want. You can say what you want. You build your content. You get a video person. You mic yourself up with a lapel microphone. And you start confidence on con concrete confidence on the streets with Heather. All right, guys, you don't think that this belongs in the streets, but I do. So now I'm going to start talking to this group, this group, this group, this group, because your profile is very polished and an American, <laughs> which it is, but that's very corporate, which is thumbs up. But imagine the impact you start doing now when, when you go to places that people are not going to think you're going to go. Right. And you feel comfortable there. And when they say something, so that's just, I don't know, I got that idea. I'm crazy sometimes. No, it's a great idea. And, and, and your point is really about showing up and taking action, never just resting on your laurels, waiting for someone else to tell you, here's the next opportunity or next thing to do. And I that does not fall on deaf ears with me. You're and right. you're documenting, which you have. And you, like, like I do, you edit it however you want. But I started with, and, and my realm is the toughest because people don't want to show off their kids sucking. <laughs> Of you course. know what I mean? Absolutely. People are very overprotective with, yes. with their kid. And like sure. half of my roster don't even let, I wish they could. I have a lot of MLB uh, players and they don't let me film their kids. And it's like, I, I almost tell them, look, I'll do this for free if you let me film it. But they're like, no. So I, I'm in a very sensitive spot. But one of the one of the reasons why I'm so grateful for Tina, who I, I promise I give her a shout out, Tina for. Shout out for, to Tina for introducing for us. For introducing us is first time I worked with her son. She noticed the obstacles. And I said, okay. She noticed and her husband noticed. And I had it recorded. And I go to her husband, Alex. I go, Alex, can I post this? He's like, yeah, man. And what he told me in a post was, and you're going to have this impact, I'm telling you. He goes to me, what you've done in 30 minutes, I haven't been able to do with my son in three years. Wow, that's really powerful. Now think about that. Not because me. He's so sweet to share that with you. Know, you. But, and I did it on a post. So it's all recorded with captions, with everything, because I want to teach people that. And you can correct me if I'm right or wrong. We're not better than everybody else. We just see the patterns and we recognize it over and over. Because it's like, if we're hairstylists and you already know how to do hair, and it's right. like, look, you see burnt ends or you see this or the color. 
It's what we do. So the only way you can lose, and I'm calling it out right now, the only way Heather's not going to win absolutely and demolish everybody is by not being out there more. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's what I think. I think that that's a great point, and it's so interesting because we come from such different backgrounds, because I do come from the corporate background, that you really do see that differently, and we've approached it differently, and I think that's that's a great perspective. I, I appreciate you telling me that. By the way, did you see the confidence tattoo? Oh, is, is my God. Is, is, <laughs> yes. Is, yeah, my, I, I have to have my wife here, and, and, and it's funny because you have any tattoos? Uh, you don't get this close to perfection and screw with it. No. no. Uh, husband have tattoos? Um, my fiance, fiance does not know. Not okay. So I got my tattoos at 30, the first one. I waited till I was 30. And a lot of them, and I've told people, they have meanings now. But like, they didn't back then? They didn't then? back then. I just That's thought it was weird. I thought, I thought it, yeah, it was, I, I'm, I'm a weird dude. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just got it. I, I would tell my tattoo guy, Colin, who's the best, he's out there in Los Angeles. I go, listen, dude, I want clouds. I would tell him, I want clouds and I want like religious figures. That's all I would say. Wow. I would give me this. And everything that he put now have meaning like you have no idea. Did you go back and tell and, him? Of course. I, I try to go. Last time we were there with my wife uh, last year, he's the only guy that's ever, ever, ever tattooed me. And when I put confidence here in Spanish, the only thing I have in Spanish, I have English and Latin, but I put confidence here in Spanish. And maybe at the time I wasn't so confident or maybe I was telling myself right. to, to remind yourself yes. that this confidence of being a blue collar guy, because I tell people and I get emotional on stage when I say this, I've been a blue, I've been running away from being a blue collar guy my whole life. Wow. I've been wanting to be a public, a private school person, an elite person, a trust fund guy, a guy that, that, that looks like the great Gatsby or something like that. <laughs> when I'm the, how crazy is this? When I'm the most blue collar guy that you can find. I come from two parents. My mom was a housekeeper, cleaning houses, and my dad worked for Pepsi for 30 years. I went to public school. Despite all the offers, I had to go to a private school and the top schools here in Miami. My dad was so old school. He goes, wherever your sister goes, you're going to go. Okay? Wow. And I'm forever grateful that he did. And I'm going to tie this to you now because my dad showed me everything, and I'm so grateful. The only thing he didn't prepare me was to deal with him. Think about that. Interesting. How crazy is that? He lived his whole life for this moment, and he didn't prepare me for this. Now, I think uh, if I remember hearing correctly, you're a single parent yes. home when you grew up. Do you know your dad at all or no? My biological father, no. He's no. dead. Okay. Before you ever met him? I had met him, but we, we didn't have He was never around. Okay. No. What lessons did you learn from your mom that now help you here now? Well, it helped and hurt and hurt me. She taught me never rely on anyone else and always – she worked th around the clock. She worked three jobs to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. So from day one, I was a hustler. I had a paper route. I waited tables. I worked at a fast food restaurant. I bartended. I always worked so many jobs. And when I got to corporate America, I ran circles around everybody else because I had 10 times the work ethic. But the problem with that is when you only rely on yourself, you never ask others for help. And it's taken me growing into the adult and person I am today to ask other people for help. I don't need to do everything. My, I can create a much easier life for myself when I let people know what I need. And I ask them to help me. And I, li I like to be a hard worker, but I also like to um, ask people to help support me as well. Being in the sports arena when you're with your kid, because I know your son plays basketball, uh, 
what do you what mistakes do you see other parents make with their kids' confidence? What confidence building tools do you think parents should be giving kids to help their confidence level rise versus decline? There's two obvious things that I see often. One is how the parent holds themselves and their confidence. The number one way to instill confidence in a child is for you to be the most confident you that you can be. And I'll oftentimes see women, oh, guys, get ready for the picture. Oh, mom, come in the picture. Oh, no, no, I look fat. I look terrible. I can't. No. When you speak about yourself in a negative light all the time, your child is going to take that habit on. That's what they're seeing as normal. So they're going to say, oh, gosh, I guess I look fat too or I should only care about the outside. And, you know, so we're setting that example and that standard for our children. We can't assume if we're not confident and we don't invest in ourselves, we can't think that our kids are going to be. That's just, there's no, that, that doesn't work. So that's one. The other thing is I hear parents talk down to their children a lot. So they'll say, you blew it on that one. Why did you do that? What's wrong with you? Well, what happens is when you're beating them down verbally like that, they begin to beat themselves down verbally. All day. And they will begin to change the way they hold themselves, speak about themselves, look. And it happens progressively and slowly over time. And those parents will say, well, I don't hit my kid or I don't call him a jerk. But if you hear the words that they use, I wouldn't speak to an animal that way. Instead, I focus on supporting my my son and saying, great job with this. Doesn't mean he doesn't get in trouble. And I say, we got to sit down. You know, you were not supposed to play Fortnite. You did. There's a consequence for that. And here's what it is. But I don't say, you are bad. I say, well, you made a bad decision here. So let's pivot and talk about how we can do it better next time. But, you know, not making that negative self-talk part of their life because that's really a big problem with um, lack of confidence. Heather, do you ever carry your book and just hand it to people? Like, hey, I think you should read this. No, but I wish that I did because I was in an airport one night in L.A. And I was taking the red eye home and I was so annoyed. And I'm sitting in a restaurant eating and I'm tired. And I saw this woman just crumpled over on a table and looking so insecure and beat down. And I walked over to talk to her and I said, you remind me of someone I know very well. And I want to talk to you about this book that I wrote. And if I had had one in my bag, I 100% you have in your car? would have given it to her. Well, I brought two today, one for you awesome. and one for us to give away on, on awesome. your gram. But I would have definitely given it to her and I was disappointed I didn't have one. Your future, since you're into manifesting, what... 2019, what is it for you? So one of the things that I've learned, and you touched on this, in corporate America, I always knew my next move. I would know I'm going to, I'm CRO now, I'm going to be CEO next. And in five years, I'll be, you know, I'm going to be on the board. And then it was very clear, it was linear. As an entrepreneur and as a rookie, because I'm only a year into this, right? I can't. Only a year, that's it. I got fired July 27th, 2017. I wrote the book. The book dropped May 22nd, 2018. So I've really spent this last year, 2018, finishing the book, publishing the book, and speaking. So this is all new to me. Okay, so let, let's stop that right there. And then I think this is going to tie into the other one. You did all that. What came first? Because you've, you've done publicity and you've spoken. Did you go get an agent? Did you shoot up the bat signal and people started? How did, how did you get noticed after, okay, fired? You wrote the book. How did you become Heather? Well, I've always been Heather. But Heather the speaker. <laughs> Heather the speaker. How did well, you? The, big, the biggest thing that I did was launching the book and having the book go number one on Amazon. I and you did no press for it? Absolutely nothing. Oh, no. I did 
uh, so much for it. I research everything that I'm going to do. So I knew nice. there's a strategy to becoming a, a self-published bestseller. And it's all about asking everyone in your space. You know, I've got a decent social media following and I've got a large amount of friends and people that are close to me through business because I've got a great track record of 20 years. So there's all that. People need to understand this. I didn't just like get born and then I did this. I've got this 20-year track record and I know so many people around the country. So I tapped everybody. And I said, guys, I'm dropping a book. I will drop the price to 99 cents the first week. I want everyone to buy it and I need you all to uh, read it and review it for me and share Mm -hmm. it on social media. So that was my strategy to really kickstart the book. It worked. And the book went to number one and it Trump, Trump for number one um, business biography. So that's like a great marketing piece, right? So just by chance, he happened to have the number one spot until I dropped. So that allowed me to, I've been in sales and marketing. I understood that that was something I could hit anyone with and it's going to be a story. I had hired a PR company to represent me before I launched the book. So we had a plan and strategy of who, what shows did I want to be on. You know, this was all calculated. And listen, we tried many times to get me on Good Morning America, Fox News. I didn't get it, but we just keep going. All right, what's the next one? We have a list of hundreds that we want to go after. And there's plenty of no's along the way, but that doesn't stop me. I just keep going that next ask that, you know, tapping that next person. So my background in media and sales really helped a lot. Then um, I did a lot of research. I had a huge network that I had developed over a 20-year period, and my PR team was great. So all of that happened and really came together. Now the Harry Walker getting picked up by them, the, the difference maker was I went to them when I first got fired and said, I want you guys to represent me. I've been speaking for 20 years. I'm a powerful speaker. I have messaging around sales, leadership, et cetera. And she said to me, great, you're a good speaker. We see it, but there's nothing unique we need something more unique. And I said, I'll get back to you. And I knew the book would be, that's the difference the Boston maker. Boston Heels? No, the, the book Confidence Creator. Well, was that, but is that Confidence Creator and Boston Heels? Is that that's almost the same thing, is it? I know no. it's the name of company, so but it's not the same Heels philosophy? Is, Boston Heels is the name of my company. And it's okay, also it, the it, blog it. that I started, heathermonahan.com, which is my website. I started that back when I was working in corporate America. Got it. And that was my community was, it's a hashtag Boston Heels, meaning you can be a boss in Adidas sneakers, in Louboutins or in flip-flops. It's about you rocking your style and no longer thinking you have to be the man in the blue suit with the white hair to be the boss. So they saw the book and they said, now you're ready to be with us. When the book went number one, they said, that's a difference maker. And then they picked me up. So, you know, but I didn't know that was going to happen. And that's what everyone needs to understand. So when you ask me, what's 2019 look like? Here's what I can tell you. I'm going to be really successful. I have built a lot of momentum, and I'm going to accelerate that even more because success builds success. I am clearer on my vision. Everything that I'll do in 19 will still be under that umbrella of empowering others, creating confidence, and me creating for my community and for the world. So that means another book. That means this app that I'm working on. That means this online course. That means more speaking engagements. But I can't tell you... Am I going to get that show on E that I pitched? I don't know. Is my book going to be made into a movie? No, we don't know that yet. We don't know yet. But I, I can tell you, I'm putting all the pipelines out there. I do all the work. And what I've learned 
after a very successful career in sales is you have to have pipelines full and firing. You can't just say, well, I'm just putting one book out there in the world and that's all it takes. Oh, heck no. I put out messaging calls, pitches for my own podcast show, my own TV show, my own movie, my next book. I'm constantly out working on so many different projects and it becomes clear as I take those steps which ones are materializing and are going to happen and which other ones just fade away. That is awesome. I always ask every single one of my guests what they what they like about me. And you're the first one that I don't train their kids. So they so it's 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 almost like a recent thing. And the reason why I ask that is not so I can brag oh it's so that people that are like, man, why is Heather getting all these breaks? And I'm not. And when I ask this, I go, maybe if I can be positive. Be confident. Be these things. I can. You know what? I'm going to try to be that. Let's see what happens. In your own way, but be that. Heather, what do you like about my style? What's unique about you to me that speaks to me is your passion is off the charts. Most people don't approach speaking with this level of passion that you have. And it's so unique to see and different than that cookie cutter, like we were saying, that, you know, recorded speech and you know what you're getting. You're so passionate and real. And that's so refreshing and unique, I think, in in the day and age that we live. That is awesome. That is awesome. I can't thank you enough for that. We have the book which we're going to do a, what did you want to do? You want to do a little giveaway? Yeah, I definitely right. want to give one of the books away, Confidence Creator. I'd okay, love to. Okay, so we'll, we'll do something, Confidence Creator. We got to tag Heather. Don't, don't follow me at all, just Heather, all Heather. Well, what's your Instagram, Heather? At Heather Monahan. I'll, I'll have the link below. I'll do all the stuff for that. Uh, anything with the app that you want to pitch? Is it not yet well, anything? Just wanna... the book, Confidence Creator. Okay. It's on Amazon. I narrated it. There's an Audible version, a Kindle version, a paperback, and a hardcover. So you have an audiobook version of it? Yes. Oh, how was that experience? I remember I don't like my voice. So going into it, I was second guessing myself. And the funniest thing is the audible version outsells every other one of my books. And people love it because it's like me talking to them and being with them. It's kind of cool. And I think I think 2019 is the year you put I think you're here and you gotta put your voice right next to it. And I think you should talk to your PR team and tell them, listen, I gotta use this voice more. I think you should do I think you should do voiceover. I really do. Whether you're, I think you should have voiceover. I think you should have, and I'm calling it right now. So we have a documenting. <laughs> they should have a voiceover agent, and you should be going on voiceover auditions once a week. You should be, and we're talking about you can do cartoons, you can do uh, uh, corporate stuff. Or, like I think that's a real asset you're not using. Okay, that's something I have not thought about. Because I, and, and, <laughs> and the minute you start, and people see, and and you already have it. Because you can go to anybody, any any agent you want and say, listen, I got, you, you want to see how powerful my voice is? Check this out. Here's my book that was a number one seller, all this great stuff. The audiobook destroys it. Yes, my content's great, but we underestimate in a visual world mm-hmm. the power of audio. So true. Because audio has replaced, because we got so busy Audio has replaced what the TV was for us. Absolutely. Before it was old school, the radio, oh, listen to the radio. Now, because we're doing so much, we can listen to Heather motivate us on confidence while we stand in line in our car because we don't get out of our car anymore. 
to to pick up our our son. We can listen to it at our kids game because we don't want to hear the other parents. Exactly. I can listen to your thing. When I go to Whole Foods to to eat, I'm listening to the thing as I'm doing my thing. While I'm at the gym, while I'm in the airport, while I'm on the plane. So I think the more in 2019 that you go hard on your voice, you're going to see, you're going to thank me. I'm telling you. All right. I'm ready to thank you. Guys, it's your coach, Heather. Any last words? Hold on. Stop recording, Heather. Hold on one second. In case the podcast got it, but just in case the video didn't get it, 2019 is going to be the year of Heather's voice. I'm calling it now. Her voice is going to outperform, and her voice is very underestimated now, only by her, because I think it's going to be a hit. She's going to outperform with her voice. 2019 is going to be up there with her speaking. I'm saying it right now. Heather, any last words for the baseball community, for the parenting community, for the hustlers community? that I have any last words. Sure. In every moment, you are either building your confidence or chipping away at it. Put yourself first, invest in you, and create your own confidence because you've got every opportunity to do it right now. That's beautiful. Guys, remember, please, please, please keep going hard and do your thing. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.